0: same clothes it's because this is the same recording session <laughs> behind the, behind the music behind, behind the, the podcast
1: and we're going behind the curtain there's been a lot of not, not a lot of time since the last episode, no. but a lot of time since the episode before that. Yeah, this, this is working so. a lot in you. And there's actually kind of curtains in here, so we can't go behind the curtain. That's right.
0: soundproofing curtain Pay no carpet. attention to
1: the man behind the curtain. Bah, 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 bah. So anyway, uh, we, wages. we are on Chapter 19 for the second time in our lives. Yes. We are on Chapter 19. And chapter 19 is a transformation of value and the respective price of labor power into wages. And this is
0: super important, because holy shit, this is like the fundamental way capitalism kind of masks itself and masks the pure exploitative nature of itself.
1: Yeah, I mean, capitalism is is nothing but facade up top of facade on top of facade. It is reinforcement of old power with a few Mm -hmm. new people in power, and it's cutting away the new people and the old people until there's just this small bucket of reinforced power and the rest of us suffer. And it hides behind all of these facades. Spoop You know, and we can get into, you know, Marx didn't get into, like, the think tanks and the foreign policies and all the other facades that, uh, that tell you, no, there's God. these totally, you know, things where Muslims are getting tortured in China. That's definitely real. See this this video of a guy being beaten by a Pakistani military yeah. officer. That's definitely China. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Marx doesn't have to get into that. Just regular capitalism is all facades. Capitalism
0: is a, is a skinny dude wearing, like, 18 different sweaters so that he looks like he's big and
1: puffed up. Yeah.
0: At the core, he's still just that little scrawny. <laughs> Shake your <laughs> fists at
1: him. Take off the sweaters. So we're going to talk about uh, chapter 19. We're going to start off on the surface of bourgeoisie society. The mm. wage of the labor appears as the price of the labor.
0: The worker's wage. So uh, just just in okay, case, because my I think my reading is good there on that one. So the, my version reads that as on the surface of bourgeois society, the worker's wage appears as the price of labor. Yeah. Is that the exact same? Yeah. That I just wrote, okay. The emphasis sounded weird to me it's the wage of labor. That's okay. Yeah, the wage appears as the price of labor. And that's yeah. important. On
1: the face, on its surface, what you get paid seems like what your labor is worth. Yes. So he says a certain quantity of money that is paid for a certain quantity of labor is what it seems like. It that's is. what it looks like. Thus, people speak of the value of labor and call its expression in money its necessary or natural price. Yeah. On the other hand, they speak of the market prices of labor, prices oscillating above or below its natural price. That is a weird way to talk about. It things. very
0: much is. Yes. Very-
1: now. Something that, that that's obviously here, and, and Marx is going to say, he's going to say, in order to be sold as a commodity in the market, labor must at all events exist before it's sold. But could the laborer give an independent objective existence, he would sell a commodity and not labor. I mean, and this is the exact thing, you know, the price of labor power can't equal its use value, or you would just make the use value and then sell that. And again, I think the sentence before that even
0: does, and I, I don't want to double but No, it. I think, ahead, it, right, I think it hammers at home, it home yeah. even clearer, almost. So what is the value of a commodity? The objective form of social labor expended in its production. That's what we've established at the very beginning of this. A commodity is the social labor, expen, its value is by the, the you, labor you expend into it. If you don't trust us, read, val- read chapters, chapters 1 through, one through 3. You've been there. We'd we go back and re-listen if you want to. Oh
1: yeah, round right. 1 through 3 I think cover that. You're exactly.
0: Right, and yeah. how do we measure food. the quantity of this value? By the quantity of the labor contained into it. So how the heck can you say that a 12-hour working day is equal to the labor of 12 hours, which is twelve the value of 12? It's a tautology. It's 12 equals 12. Of course it does. You can't reduce it to that. That's not what it's, yeah, not it its
1: value. It can't be equal, or no one would employ you. Exactly. If I wanted, you know, let's say I needed to make money off your labor. Okay, I have to make money off your labor. That's why I'm employing you. Yes. If I need to make money off your labor, off your 12 hours labor, I'm going to pay you the worthy 12 hours labor, and I'm going to sell it for the same price. I've made zero dollars. Ha <laughs> ha, I'm a capitalist. Yeah.
0: No, no, of course not. I That's wouldn't, stupid uh, as hell. You would run, you would just be, you run out of money. Yeah, what kind of idiot thinks
1: that? You wouldn't do that. You know, yeah. Um, so, you know, and he goes on, um, let's see. He goes on a little bit lower and he says, That which comes directly face to face with the pro- uh, possessor of money on the market is in fact not labor but the laborer. Mm -hmm. What the latter sells is his labor power. And we've been talking about this for several chapters. All the way. Uh, As soon as his labor actually begins, it has already ceased to belong to him. It can therefore no longer be sold by him. Labor is the substance and the imminent measure of value, but has itself no value. Okay. So you've sold your labor power. Yes. Okay. You've sold your your 12 hours of your labor power for you know the worth of 6 hours of your labor but your labor doesn't really have a, a worth to you anymore it's gone you've sold it exactly. you just have to work for 12 hours you only got the labor power value of it you never get your labor's value on your labor exactly powers. because if you got your labor's value hey you'd get the thing you
0: made with your labor and you don't no you don't <laughs> you get paid a little bit yeah and what do you do with the thing you got paid you go buy the thing you made with your labor power guys it's a circle <laughs> It's a circle. It's a vicious cycle. It's a, it's, it's the company store. It's literally, it's the company store. It's the concept that I'm going to pay you 100 but you can only spend it here. And people think that that's ridiculous. But that's exactly what it is.
1: Yeah, you get you get company vouchers. Yeah. Uh you could just spend them on a bunch of different companies however you see, you know, fit but you have to I mean you can't say I don't feel like buying food. You will die. It's, I don't feel like having somewhere to live. I don't feel like having a car. You have to buy these things. So you have these company vouchers and you get to like pick out of the, the array of, of, of things that you get to choose from, none of which are all that good because everybody's just trying to make money off you. Yeah. You know, and, and we think of, oh, money's freedom and vouchers would, would be this direct thing where you have to get this one thing. We, they're just fucking green vouchers with some false choice. Yes. There's, it's <laughs>
0: all this illusion. That, but again, yeah. if you were to get the value of what you actually put in, yeah.
1: You again, and, you should be able to take that thing and exchange it for something. I mean, And, and when you see it, I mean, obviously you're not going to make money and then pay it right back to your company every time, so you don't think of it like that. Unless Walmart and then you yeah. might God but um, if you see it as congealed right you, the congealed ruling class is yes. capital and the, the congealed working class the congealed working class is getting these vouchers and getting the things they made with their labor power back, back to the capital from, con- from the congealed capitalist is what it is you know? and that is super important to, and I think thank you for hammering that
0: home because my example again ways that people try and pick at this is you reduce it down to, well, no I make my money and I don't just give all my money back to my employer so of course this is silly no but again on the whole as a class we go to work the, the the proletariat goes to work for the capitalist and then we give a little bit of what we're given back to that all back to them to buy the things that we made for them
1: yeah it is it's is clever we've tapered off in this on the the chapter about capitalism being a facade because that's its greatest facade it's atomizing things yes atomize 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 you know yes. i mean I, I i just had a discussion with a coworker the other day and and he was like what do you like he was sitting there talking about believing the stuff in Syria. I'm like, these are the people that lie to you about Iraq and Libya. And he's like, so you don't believe this? I'm like, no, they lied to me about Iraq. Yeah. And Libya is like, well, what makes you think they're lying here? It's like he wants to atomize, 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 atomize. because they're liars that want war, dude. It, you can't. Yeah. Saying, and, and that's
0: that's kind of the danger. De- <laughs> you think Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch are that's the pull the thread kind of thing on this. Is it, if you under you, you expose one, you, you kind of buy all of it wholesale, and then if you expose one part, a lie. Well, okay, then pick at that one, and then you go to another one, you pick at that one, and then all all of a sudden the whole it's like oh well fuck all right now the balance of things that they've lied about and things that they're true i mean you can't you kind of start to distrust all of it and that sounds like a weird conspiracy mindset but it's 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 not that's no. the concept of conspiracy well, theories is meant to kind of discredit this picking
1: at the the, the base of what they're telling you yeah i mean it's, it's just like authoritarian is meant to like equate you know someone actually having a law that prevents you know say lynching people in the street yeah. and and they, they they go out and they, they do their anti-racism law and that's authoritarian just like the Nazis and it's yeah. it's to, to equate it well you get the same thing with conspiracy theories they want to equate people that actually go huh the CIA is a secret intelligence agency that lies to people and does wrong things and you think these wrong things might have been done by the CIA. Well, now you're the same as someone who is just decided on chemtrails and the moon landing being fake.
0: Co- you know? Cointelpro Pro and QAnon are not equivalents.
1: No, 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 no. They're not equivalents. No, no. And <laughs> it doesn't the, work that way. On top
0: of you know, the, the records have been released. We know CoIntel Pro has- a th- and that's the it problem. Happened. If they you kind know? of, it's like, how how many times do you have to have them give you the receipts to, oh yeah, we absolutely lied about that. But it was 50
1: years ago. We're totally not lying now. It's that was real. the only lied so in the, the- this is the same coworker. I he was I was trying to tell him that, that the CIA was bad and I cited COINTELPRO and I cited that crack cocaine was put in the streets in the 80s yeah. by the CIA. And they admitted uh, I, that. Yeah, and, and, and it was started in the 70s under H. W. Bush. If anyone forgotten <sighs> And H.W. was the most horrible human being yeah, ever yeah, imaginable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a piece of shit beyond piece of shit. Of course he was. He was a murderous president and a murderous CIA boss. Uh, he was just and a murderous vice president. Don't forget, Hell yeah. he had an intermediary there. Oh yeah, cool. You know, awesome. Nice transition there. Uh, so anyway, um, you know, and you say these things, and if it wasn't for the receipts, the proof, that would sound fucking crazy. It would. Again, it's true, and people were saying it at the time, and they were told they were crazy. And this goes back as far
0: as you. You can go back to any time period, any, any, anything, Andrew, jackson is is i mean all of this stuff any any time period you can find all, If you just start picking long enough, you uncover all of this awful, horrible shit, then we just kind
1: of gloss under the table and go, but they're not, no, we're, we're better now. Yep. That was in the past. That changed, and they can't tell you the date or anything. If they do, it's something that obviously didn't really change it. You know? Yeah. Well, the Civil Rights Movement cured everything, except for all the bad things that, that happened after. uh uh-huh, because the 14th Amendment cured everything. Oh, wait, then I mean, we had Jim
0: Crow. No, it just yeah. progressively keeps moving the goalposts and saying,
1: but we're better now. Yep. Uh, so anyway, he says, classical political economy borrowed from everyday life, the category price of labor, without further criticism, sure. and then simply asked the question, how's the price determined? It soon recognized the change in relations of demand and supply explained in regard to the price of labor as all of the commodities, nothing except its changes. The oscillations of the market price above or below a certain mean. If demand and supply balance, the oscillation of price ceases, all of the conditions remaining the same. But then demand and supply also cease to explain anything. Yeah. Price of labor at the moment when demand and supply are in equilibrium or its natural price determined independently of the relation to demand and supply. Now, normally, Marx doesn't get in here and rip on supply and demand. He just lets that one go because it's so dumb. But he's talking about it directly here, yeah. and you'll hear the econ 101 oh, it's supply and demand, supply and demand, supply and demand. And it seems right because prices change from supply and demand. Yeah, I mean, we, we see that it's yeah. observable. So you, people go, Oh, that's right. And 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 he said, You know, no one asked like where this price came from, they just like asked how the price worked. Yeah, and and they're only asking again, atomized, how the price works day to day. Not how the price works
0: in the grand scheme of things. And you can, and then you, know? you try and just extrapolate it out. And you say, well, no, well, there's obviously a, a mean price for labor yeah. and what your wage is. But it's like, you just think and about that
1: on the whole. It's like, wait, how the fuck? No. And no, he he says, he says if demand and supply uh, are equal, they cease to explain everything. Well, if they're equal, it doesn't mean zero. No. It means like there's 100 to 100 that's equal and stuff's still moving. Well, what the fuck is the price? Yeah. And you know, how did you detri- how did you set it? Yeah, how did you set that? So, you know, Marx is going, this is obviously the dumbest thing I ever ever heard. This is, you know, economics 101 is is just a bunch of idiots saying shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, this it's something that we that gets taught in college and people take that college course and then they think they know economics and they go running off to read whatever right-wing crap they want. Mm-hmm. It should be something that's taught in elementary school and at the end of the class they should say, and this only tells you why prices change day to day. In elementary school, and you should be able to get the concept then and we should move on because it's dumb. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, we're going to go on a little lower. It says, all labor appears as paid labor. In the corvée system, the laborer works for himself and is compulsory labor for his lord. They differ in space and in time in the clearest possible way. In slave labor, even the part of the working day in which the slave is only replacing the value of his own means of existence, in which therefore, in fact, he works for himself alone, appears as labor for his master. All the slave's labor appears as unpaid labor. In wage labor, on the contrary, even surplus labor or unpaid labor appears as paid. The property relation conceals the labor of the slave for himself. And here the money relation conceals the unrequited labor of the wage laborer. Hence, we may understand the decisive importance of the transformation of value and price of labor power into the form of wages, or into the value of the price of labor itself. This phenomenal form, which makes the actual relation invisible and indeed shows the direct opposite of that relation, forms the basis of all juridical notions of both the laborer and the capitalist, of all the mystifications of capitalist mode of production, of all its allusions to liberty, of all the apologetic shifts of the vulgar economists. Ah, vulgar economist just never gets old to me yes um so i mean he's he's saying that you know you're not gonna see your wages you're gonna see that as, as this boss is paying me he's giving me an opportunity this is mark saying he's giving you know he, he's giving me an opportunity he's paying me of course that seems like he giving me money well no you're paying him yeah if he, he wouldn't employ you if you weren't paying him Yes. That's there, there's there would be no incentive for him. No one is out of the hearts going, I want to employ people. That's, you know, and there's the, the magic symbiotic relationship where everyone wins. But no, what about the job he, creators? He wins. He wins. <laughs> yeah. He wins and then he pays you back part of what you paid for him. After he used it, like you pay it in, you advance it to him. You, you give him. It for a, like you give a week, him. A,
0: two weeks, you're month, giving him super
1: interest-free loans. Yeah, he's, you're giving an interest-free loan. Here's your free labor. Okay, I want my small chunk we agreed to before back with no interest on my payday. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's you're paying me, you know. And without this stuff, I mean, we've been going at this for hours and chapters, and to get to the bottom of this because people don't want to take this for granted. It's drilled in your head otherwise. And look how far we get to where we can say this to you because it's so ingrained just from this this light little facade. Yeah. It's just it's it's, it's not even the good it's not even the good
0: magic that they do. It's not no. even the good. This isn't the David it Copperfield shit. Card. This is like David Blaine. This isn't David Blaine street magic. This is just like a kid with a cup and it's like, "Ha ha, i made the ball disappear."
1: <laughs> you know, and and yeah, so anyway, we're going to go on.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yes, the exasperated sigh of, God, yeah, uh-huh, all
1: uh, right, yeah. So anyway, let us put ourselves in the place of the laborer who receives for 12 hours of labor, say the value produced by 6 hours of labor, say 3S. For him, in fact, this 12 hours of labor is also the means of buying the 3S. The value of his labor power may vary with the value of his usual means of assistance, from 3 to 4 shillings, or from 3 to 2 shillings, or if the value of his labor power remains constant, its price may in consequence of changing relations of demand and supply, rise to 4S or fall to 2S he always gives 12 hours of labor he changes the amount equivalent that he receives and appears to him therefore necessarily as a change in the value or price of his 12 hours of work the circumstances misled Adam Smith who treated the working day as a constant quantity, to the assertion that the value of his labor is constant, although the value of means of subsistence may vary, and the same working day, therefore, may present itself in more or less money for the laborer. So, you know, he's he's saying that the laborer, if some laborers get paid, like, for... Eight hours worth of work, and some are getting paid for, you know, four hours worth of work, and the average is six hours worth of work, and you're all giving 12. Mm-hmm. Well, you're still not getting 12 hours. No one is getting paid 6S. No one's getting paid the 12. No, you know, and and just these little variations are confusing Adam Smith. And you see this, you know, you see this uh, when two people are, are are doing a different job, are doing the same job, and they're paid differently. Yep. I mean you, you see that, right? I mean all the, the time. Yeah. I mean side by side. You know, I I, I guarantee you in my office people get paid more than me on experience or, yeah. or whatever, doing the same job as me. Yep. I mean, you know, it just it happens. And it, it it threw off Adam Smith. He thought, Oh, different people get paid for their different labor, so it has different values and, and stuff like that. Skills the, the working day is just a thing that happens. No, a working day is how much a capitalist wants to exploit you. Mm -hmm. And how much you're
0: paid is how much you had buying power to get. And the capitalist has the advantage of being able to take advantage of this congealed labor so they can take on people that will make a little bit more here, a little bit less Mm -hmm. there, a little bit over. And then they know, but they know it's going to come out in the wash in the end because they know that they've got...
1: They're not hiring you if they're not making the profit. Yes, and the congealed labor power the capitalist has to buy is enough for the subsistence of the class. Now, that means systems like the class survives... Enough of the class survives for there to be unemployment for him to feed off of. But not everybody has to survive. If you can't afford insulin and you die, he doesn't fucking care. No, 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 no. But if enough people are not affording insulin and dying, he's going to run out of some, some of that unemployed people to pluck labor from. So he's going to care a little bit there. You know, he wants if he wants you to have a car to drive to and from work, you know, he doesn't have to pay you directly to have a car. Maybe you don't have a car. But the class of laborers can generally have cars or transportation to get there, cell phones, whatever society expects. It's yeah. whatever socially necessary. Yeah. And it can vary person to person. Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? Um, and a lot of what's gonna vary person to person is the same oscillation as other price. You know, it's supply and demand. Uh-huh. Right? I mean there's less labor supply out there, you're gonna be able to to, to demand, you know, you're gonna be able to get more money because there's a higher demand, right? Versus, you know, vice versa, you maybe get less money for the same job. But those are just oscillations in price. It doesn't change the value of your labor power, no. the congealed average value. It doesn't explain how your labor, how you, you Right, know, what it the doesn't price explain of. why your, your labor power is more than zero. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't explain why your labor power is less than what you're being, what you're producing. Yeah. You know. And he says, let us consider, on the other hand, the capitalist. He wishes to receive as much labor as possible for as little money as possible. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Again, tautologies. They're fun. Yeah. Uh, Practically, therefore, the only thing that interests him is the difference between the price of labor power and the value which its function creates. But then he tries to buy all commodities as cheaply as possible and always accounts for his profit by simply cheating, by buying under and selling over the value. Hence, he never comes to see that if such a thing as the value of labor really existed and he really paid its value, no capital would exist. His money would not be turned into capital. So, again, he he wants your labor. Yeah. And, and his way to get your labor is to sell over the value of the labor as much as he can, mm-hmm. okay, or sell over the value of the labor power he's buying, and buy under the value of labor by buying just your labor power. And, of course, he's going to try to buy under your labor power and sell over the value of your labor. But as long as there's a gap between what he's buying and what he's selling, that satisfies him. And and he just wants to grow that gap as much as possible, either replacing you with someone more productive or cheaper or, you know, trying to find a way to make you productive, whatever it is.
0: And this is an important thing, too, because this is kind of hammering home that the capitalist is a cog in this machine. The capitalist is absolutely not aware, because if he looked, anyone who looked would realize... You would have to. Re- this is how he says that basically no capitalist cannot be exploitative because if they weren't, if they were paying you what you were actually worth, if they were, if they were honest with themselves and said, "What are you worth?" Okay, I'm gonna pay you exactly. Oh fuck! If I paid people what they were worth, I wouldn't be making money. Therefore, I wouldn't exist. So yeah, at a fundamental level, if you can't exploit people, you don't get to be a capitalist. End of story. And again. The capitalists
1: don't sit there and go, Are we the baddies?
0: D- oh God. Such a <laughs> fucking good Oh, just mwah. I love that. That that is never gets old to me. The, but again, again, don't atomize this. Don't let them get you caught up in this individual individualism and everyone's individual and everyone makes their own decisions and we can make changes in the market and we can make different decisions. No. No. Yeah, I mean, obviously,
1: individuals are there, and individual decisions exist, and they matter, but, but n- they're but no, they, they they get swept up in the system. I was about to say, I don't even think they're I, secondary. They don't matter. Individual well, shit doesn't
0: matter. What matters is, on the whole, is this is, is this indicative of the class, or is this
1: not? They okay. Let's put it this way: the system is a river, okay, and you're swimming across it. How hard you're swimming and which direction you're swimming matter, but what matters much, much more is the current of the river. Yes. And again, it, it, it just is not,
0: you're not going to say, well, no, but my boss is a nice boss. And therefore, capitalism is not wrong. And this system, this system yeah. can exist. My boss is nice to me and gave me Fridays off. So I, obviously, they're not all exploitative. No. Look at the masses. Look at this as a class. Look at this on the whole.
1: Yeah. And Could even down to s-
0: an individual, they're exploitive somehow because you're not getting your labor value or they wouldn't pay you. Exactly. But but, but even if they were, even if your boss is going out of business because he's an
1: idiot. That doesn't make capitalism sustainable on a non-exploitative basis. It just doesn't. And usually when they're going out of business, it doesn't mean that they're not making money. It means that they're not making money more and more progressively. uh uh-huh. At a satisfactory uh-huh. level. And they're being bought out by someone who sees a way to do that, probably by laying you off. Usually. Yeah. Usually. Okay, so we're going to get on to Chapter 20. We are! And Chapter 20 is a title that makes it sound like we're going to read every word in it. Oh. huh Time Wages. And you go, oh my god. That that seems like a very good chapter. No, I highlighted one thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not against this chapter. It's it's fine. No, no, it's. Uh, it's, 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 it's there. I, I I highlighted one thing, and and it's right at the beginning. It's going to say the sale of labor power, as will be remembered, takes place from a definite period of time. The converted form under which the daily weekly. And value of labor power presents itself is hence that of time wages and therefore day wages and and remember they were paid working days and again this just since all this is just breaks down there are
0: different ways that an employer can pay you it can be by the hour it can be by the day it can be by the week it can be by the piece. I think we're about to get to that a little Yeah, bit that's, a yeah that's, that's a different... That's a different... Yeah, that's the next... Oh, I'm sorry. That's the next one. So yeah. this is, again, they can split time up however they want to make it, to, you know, to obfuscate how they're paying you.
1: Yeah. Now, I will say this. Um, he gets into a lot of numbers and equations. So I will remind people, okay? He's talking about the working day. The reason he's talking about working day, and we get to think about working hourly for the most part. You know, I mean, some people are salaried or paid by day, but usually talk about working hourly. And our talking hourly isn't talking about getting 12 hours out of 6 hours of labor. We're talking about working hourly, you know, 8 hours, maybe 9, 10 if we're in retail. I've had 12-hour days, but you know, not 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 common common unless it's like right around Christmas. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the reason we can say that is because people at Red Marks work their ass off yeah. to to get us this this hourly system, to get us uh, a system where where we're not working 12-hour and 16-hour days. Um, It's just another reminder of how hard socialists work. Uh, Something else is, uh, and we'll get into peace wages. Uh Okay, and we're about to get into In the next chapter. And before we get into the peace wages, I just want to touch on the gig economy, since we're transitioning from hourly to peace wages, and people are wondering, you know, what the gig economy is. Oh, I'm an Uber driver. I'm going to go up, and I'm going to pick you up and drive you for three, hour, for three miles and drop you off. Uh, the gig economy is a peace wage. Yeah. And it's a really shitty peace wage. Mm-hmm. And it's a really shitty piece of age where people that don't have the, like, you have to, these are your means of subsistence. And you can only turn property that's not your means of subsistence into capital because you don't need it to survive. Yeah. And what is really nasty is this private property, the thing people own over it. And the gig economy is a bunch of these app producers who have figured out a way because we talked about, you know, capital expanding. It needs cool. to, to, to once it's a saturated market, it needs to find new markets. So I mentioned, you know, the Uber buses and stuff like that. The gig economy has taken the idea of uh, what do you call intellectual property, intellectual property, copyright, stuff like that, to make these apps where your means of subsistence are rented out as their private property as part of your labor power, essentially, and then you're paid a peace wage out of that. Under, which is the most grotesque thing imaginable, and it's all kind of under
0: the guise of "but you're the capitalist now, you control it, you're in control
1: of your yeah. own owner-operator and trucks." Which is, it's they're they're those they're usurers for for trucks and trucking companies, and they get you in some nasty Air, contracts.
0: Airbnb, 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 your Airbnb house. is is your you're a landlord now. Look at you, you're the mini landlord, and we're
1: gonna take a percentage of it. What did we do? Nothing. 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 I mean, they you, they have things like marketing. Brand names, credit card acceptance that you don't have, and then and then they have the intellectual prop. Well, I guess the brand names is marketing as intellectual property too, but they have that intellectual property in that app. And they say, well, we give you this app that lets you turn your house and turn your car into money. And all they've done is bought your labor power that's your labor and your means of subsistence. And they've, they've essentially rented out your means of subsistence as their private property for so many hours as if it's part of your labor power. And they're exploiting you with your own property. Yeah. It's your good. own means of subsistence, but you might shit be renting. You could rent a car and then be on Uber. It might not even be your property.
0: Or, or you could do what Uber was great at for a while there, and they can get you in a subprime car loan mortgage, oh, yeah. where you literally are behold by by the means... they gave you the means of subsistence, the car. But if you ever stopped working them for them for two seconds, you would not be able to afford it, and they would repossess it immediately. Yeah,
1: that's that's Uber's version of the exact owner operator trucking thing I was just talking. Uh huh. It's, it's super fun. It's it's yeah. It's. It's it's almost, they, they, there's also companies that do that with educating you, um, unless you can pay off the loan in full right away. They'll like give you school loans and pay for part of your school, but you got to keep working for them until it's paid off. Yeah, it's tuition reimbursement. Tuition reimbursement it's the it. concept
0: of, yeah, you, and, and again, the, the that is a far more insidious system because most of the time in those roles, tuition reimbursement is tied to, uh, and you see it especially right now, um... Uh, someone goes is working for a company. Well, you want to move up to the next rung of the of the corporate ladder. Well, you can't move up to this rung until you have a a bachelor's degree. Fine, can't move up to this rung until you got a master's degree. Can't move to this rung until you've got an MBA. Whatever. Um, all right. Well, we'll pay for you to go get that, and then they pay for you and you get your you get your education. And now we own you for five years. You are an indentured servant at this point because you cannot. We're gonna pay you your normal wages, but if you left, we're gonna saddle you with. Twenty thousand dollars in debt, thirty thousand dollars in debt, just flat out, right off the bat. So not only did we make you a more productive laborer for us by sending you to school, um, in, a, in, in a guaranteed way that we I guarantee you they're getting that all written office taxes. They're not actually paying for that the same way that you or me would ever pay for that. Um, so they're getting the more the extra productivity out of you, but they also now can treat you like garbage because you can't leave. You can't. You have a certain amount of time that you are beholden to them. And it is just a fucking, it's one of those things that makes us. like, oh, this company's super good. They give us tuition reimbursement and they encourage us to take advantage of it because they own you more. Mm-hmm. Period. End yep. of story.
1: All right. So with that, that's going to be a nice transition in chapter 21. <sighs> <laughs> peace a pleasant, wages a pleasant transition no, and 20.
0: there is actually and, and before we this transition I apologize there is one part of the, at the very end of chapter 20 I do want to read because oh okay
1: it's, yeah no let's not completely skip something if you see someone, no time. no no I, I just think I
0: think this part deal. is interesting because it, it goes into overtime which I think people are so but overtime namely the prolongation of the working day beyond the limits that correspond to the normal price of labor so they go when you're going into overtime it's holy crap my, my time is worth super time now I'm getting paid super extra I'm worth what, are you working any harder no you're doing the same thing so it's like well no the capitalist is really he's losing now because he doesn't want to pay me overtime because that's super extra wages no no he's still getting your labor he's yeah. just getting your labor for slightly less exploitation so uh, overtime then with the prolongation of the working day beyond the limits that correspond to the usual price of labor certainly does exist but when he's faced with underselling he's comparison with his underselling competitor he even insists upon extra pay for his overtime again he does not know that this extra pay also includes his unpaid labor uh, and just as much as the price of customary labor does. For example, the price of one hour of a 12-hour working hour working day is $3. Say the value of the product of half a working hour, while the price of an overtime working hour is $4, or the value product of two-thirds of a working hour. In the first case, the capitalist appropriates one-half of the working hour as his. In the second case, he gets one-third. He still makes no extra
1: payment in return. He is still exploiting you. It's always exploitive. It's always exploitive. They're, it's always exploitive. they're not losing money they're losing the rate of their profit temporarily when they pay uh-huh. overtime. So don't ever let them tell you they're losing money. No. No 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 nah. No. <laughs> yeah. So, um, then we're going to go down to, but that is a good thing. I, I forgot to touch on that and that is important because people take labor, or they take uh, overtime to heart. Uh, so let's go down to peace wages. And the first thing I was gonna read, and this is just kind of dating it, so you understand where Marx is coming from when he talks about peace wages. He says, In the same saddlery shops of London, often the same work for peace wages are paid to the French, time wages to the English. In the regular factories, which throughout peace wages predominate, particular kinds of work are unsuitable for this form of wage and therefore are paid by time. But it's more self-evident that difference in the form of payment of wages alters in no way their essential nature, although the one form may be more favorable to the development of capital production than the other. So, you know, he's dating it, he's saying, he's looking at English factories, and it's usually like, say, the French, you know, manufacturers are paid by peace wages but then there's like English managers and, and stuff like that paid by time because they can't be paid by peace are not making peace and you could even it was even within England and
0: they said that it was you know a lot of what Mark said was based on again <laughs> material conditions ha huh, guys yeah. he was looking at Manchester yeah he was looking at the factories in Manchester and the way those factories were set up would not, was, assembly line was massive people all throwing their hands in, all making a little bit of a part of a thing. You can't turn that into peace peace wages because no one's making the full peace. If you got outside of that, even within England, there were still parts where peace wages would have made sense. There are different chunks of the economy. He just assumed, Marx heavily assumed, that 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 system would take off, that Manchester would be the the end goal of capitalism. It was the most productive form of it. And this is one of those things that he kind of, he didn't whiff on it. But it just, capitalism evolved in many, many different forms. So you have the factory system in Detroit, but you have the sweatshop system in South Asia, and you have all these, I mean, again, there's all, you take advantage of whatever the circumstances you have around
1: you are. Yeah. Um, But the other thing kind of too there is he was saying, you know, they could be paid, different things at different times. not like if they pay peace wages. It has to be, you know, one capitalist pays individual's peace wages, like contracts, and that's it, you know. I mean, you have that now, right? You can have a contractor, um, and then you can have regular workers, and you can have commission workers, and you can have time managers. You can mix that all up. You don't have to pay in one monolith one type of pay, Yeah. you know. Um, and, you know, we've seen that. In, in retail, there's people that are paid hourly, hourly. and commission at the same time. Constantly, you know. So you get a piece wage. You you get hourly, and then instead of paying, getting paid more hourly, you get like say your hourly chunked down from whatever it would be, and then that made up for in piece wages where it averages out to less than the hourly would have been. But it looks like plenty. It looks like you know you can hit your goals and make just as much as you know this much.
0: It, it's another layer of obfusc- obfuscating how the exploitation gets. Because again. Then you've got to go on every single thing. Well, how much mm-hmm. profit did they make on the on the commission? Am I paid what they? Make? How much of it? Does, it, it just hides yeah. more and more. And again,
1: you're not making a thing when you make a commission, no. but it's productive labor, exactly. So, so that's why we had to, you know, get through that part so that people understand that. Yeah. Um, so he says, the form of peace wages is just as irrational as that of time wages. While center example, two pieces of a commodity after subtraction of the value of means of production consumed in them are worth 6D as being the product of one hour, the laborer receives from them a price of 3D or $3, we're saying $6 or $3. Peace wages do not, in fact, distinctly express any relation of value. It is not, therefore, a question of measuring the value of the piece by the working time incorporated in it, but on the contrary of measuring the working time the laborer is expended by the number of pieces he's produced." In time wages, the labor is measured by the immediate duration and peace wages by the quantity of products which the measure uh, which the labor has embodied during a given time. Peace wages is therefore only a modified time wage yes. The quantity of labor here is controlled by the work itself which must be of average perfection if the peace price is to be paid in full. Peace wages become from this point of view the most fruitful source of reduction of wages and the capital is cheating. That's a very, very important concept. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So here's what he means. You know, if, if say you were going to make we'll just go $6 and $3 pretty low sums compared to now but, but inflation you know we'll go 200. with it so, yeah. so you know the price of your hour of work we'll say an hour of work you made $6 worth and you would get paid $3 in an hour or let's let's just make it less sane let's go up to 20 and $10 okay so $20 you make $20 worth in an hour and you get paid $10 worth well you get paid $10 worth for making about two units right in an hour yes. that's the average productivity <laughs> so what he's going to say he's going to say well I'm going to make Five units, because every five five dollar units, every five dollar unit he makes ten dollars. So say I'm gonna make two dollar two units, and I'm gonna get paid five dollars a piece. Well, now if I make three units, ooh, I get fifteen bucks. Now the capitalist gets thirty bucks, uh-huh. but I get fifteen bucks. I feel good. Rate right of right? exploitation stays the same. You've just made him more. Yeah, you've just made the capitalist more. Um, and then all of a sudden, what happens is, let's say you're not putting out two units, you're only putting out one. The average person puts out two. He's gonna fire you, and you replace you anyway. So now he's got the people that he's exploiting more, Mm. where he's making $15 an hour on them instead of 10 because they're making a third unit, and he's got everyone else making the two units, and there's no one making him less. And if you are making him less, guess what you get paid? Less. Less. And he does it by perfect pieces. So this is the
0: fun part. So let's say, again, in that three-unit example, let's say you make three units. But let's say he says one of those units isn't isn't great, so he's going to throw that one out. You're not getting paid for that one. He will still profit off of that in some way. He will still sell it at reduced cost. He'll sell it as refurbished. He'll do whatever he needs to do right. to make his profit this back out it. it
1: back and reuse the parts. parts. He'll, He'll sell s- it for clearance. He'll sell it defective. He'll do one of those... Uh, what's the store in the mall that claims they're all just defective, so they're at a lower price, and really... I don't know, that was a thing. Oh, yeah. There was one those like supposed to be defective from name brand shirts, so they're lower price, and really... Their prices are, are still fairly like they're half the the super price shirt ones. Yeah. But that's just so they can jack up the super price and the other ones. They're still plenty and they're usually not defective. They're just paid at the, the right, the the correct rate. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they'll they'll figure out schemes like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the other thing too is, let's say a machine breaks down, mm. and you have to wait on a meet. Well, you're hourly. You're twiddling your thumbs. Fuck, man, I'm dicking off. I'm I paid. was about to say, woo! You're in peace wages. Fuck, I'm losing money. I can't make money. Yeah, Capitalists don't care. And because, because, again, he's not paying you. He's not paying you. If too. he's not making money, you're not making money, period. Yeah, now he still wants that machine back up because he's going to make the, the $5 yeah. dollars per unit more when you're back up. So he's got someone fixing it. He's not leaving you out to dry, but he's not paying you while you're waiting, and the other people are being productive. He's good. Mm-hmm. You know, he's taking the, the, the slight hit, but he's, he's taking half the hit he otherwise would. He's not paying your labor power. Yep. You know, you're not costing him anything then. No. You're just completely screwed. Yep. And Peace says, wages are shit. Yes. So he says, since the quality and intensity of work are here... Oh, oh, he also... We talked about earlier that drive. Don't be a suck up and, and, and overwork. Yes. Peace wages, you better believe, drives people to work extra hard way more than anything. If I work a little harder, I can make a little more money. Oh, I've got to make a little extra in case the machine breaks down so that I can still feed my family. Well, so now what he's doing is he's raising the rate of exploitation without buying a new machine, without finding other ways to encourage you. You're doing it yourself. He has now done it with psychology. That's right. Fun, fun psychology. Yes. So he says, Since the quality and intensity of the work here are controlled by the form of wage itself, superintendence of labor becomes in great part superfluous. Peace wages therefore lay the foundation of the modern domestic labor, sweatshops, described above, as well as a hierarchical organized system of exploitation of oppression, the latter has two fundamental forms. And on one hand, the peace wages facilitate interposition of parasites between the capitalist and the wage labor. Meaning you're getting on his side. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that, that's what he's... Exa- he's calling the people that suck up and work harder parasites. But he's hes giving you incentive to do that more than just, you know, you got to be good enough to lose your job. This is the people that, that think if they work harder, they'll just get a raise type thing all the time because they see that raise. Yeah. You know, um let's see, what between the wage labor and the subletting of labor. The gain of these middlemen becomes entirely from the difference between the labor price, which the capitalist pays, and the part of the price which they actually allow the, oh. to reach the laborer. <laughs> In England, the system is chara- chara- characteristically called the sweating Funny. system. That's why we call them sweatshops. On the other hand, Peace wage allows the capitalist to make a contract for so much per piece with the head laborer. In manufactures, with the chief of some group; in mines, with the extractor of coal; in factories, with the actual machine worker, at a price for which the head of the laborer himself undertakes the enlisting and payment of his assistant workpeople. The exploitation of labor by capital is here affected through the exploitation of labor by the laborer.
0: So this is getting is so. Is this kind of getting into? as I understand it, this is subcontracting almost. Totally. Yes. This would explain subcontracting within yeah. the system. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the capitalist pays one guy and then kind of turns him into a small petty capitalist.
1: Yeah. Uh, to, you're, to... you're programming for a company and all of a sudden your computers are breaking down and you need to hire a network guy. Well, too bad, so sad. You already paid for the contract. That's your networking guy to yeah. figure out, you know. Yeah. That that kind of thing. Except usually not unlike such high-end employment as, as you know, uh, uh, programming usually like shittier employment, right? Yeah. You know. Um, and so he says, given peace wage it's naturally the personal interest of labor to strain his labor power as intensely as possible. This enables the capitalist to raise more money more easily from the normal degree of intensity of labor. We already talked about that. It is moreover now the personal interest of labor to lengthen the working day since it's within his daily or weekly wage rise. This gradually brings on the reaction like that already described in time wages without the reckoning on the prolongation of the working day, even if the peace wage remains constant and includes the necessary necessity of the fall of the price of labor.
0: Because you're working longer,
1: yeah. your labor is it's just
0: it the pay. You're getting paid the exact same. You're just doing it over a
1: longer period of time yes. for the capitalist. So now there's already this thing where there's competition in capitalism, which seeks to take you and take your, your uh, brothers and sisters of your working class mm-hmm. and make them your, your enemies instead of your friends because you're competing to try to get out of this working class. And, and that's a pipe dream anyway, usually. Um, but now they're directly your coworkers and you're not just competing to not be the one that's falling behind that's going to be replaced yeah. you're competing for every little dime yeah so you're really making enemies of your coworkers and exploiting yourself to the max for the sake of the capitalist because a little carrots being dangled in front of you and if you've ever worked in sales, you're going, aha, <laughs> yeah, Yeah." Because yes. I tell you what, co-workers are uh, salespeople. I, I mean, I obviously worked in sales and have, have some very good friends from the sales job I have that I do a fantasy football league and I'm staring at one in a Hi. chair right now. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I, I can make some good friends, but I will say you make some enemies of co-workers in sales. A lot. By necessity, there is no, there is no, I mean, there's the nasty, like that fucking cherry picker, you know, and you
0: can do that again. You, for the most part, again, because you're a cherry picker, you know, exactly. You formed a little group, you group together, but then you three are still competing with another group of people. It it, it, Mm -hmm. is, it's by necessity. You don't go into a sales environment and everyone gets along, honky do, it's not kumbaya. You're not all working for the same goal, you're all fighting for the same piece of pie,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's all I have on chapter 21, yeah. but it's a very important chapter. Uh, chapter 22 is a national differences in wages. Uh, <laughs> I think that's self-explanatory. It's only a three page chapter and half of that page is charts. and hey, They're all hey, very hey, dated. <laughs> hey, and,
0: and again, if you want a really good, uh, I, this is one of the times where Marx was working with what he had. Um, there are far better analyses of the di- national price of uh, capital in the 21st century by Thomas Piketty. Uh, is a, a, like an almost to an nauseam. Analysis of this. of here is exactly the differences and where it comes in and why it doesn't matter and
1: why it's still just yeah, capitalism. I mean, this all the is an down. overview of capitalism, so Marx had to touch on this. Yes, uh, but I think we understand the concept from the title this far into the book, yeah. and I don't, I don't think. I mean, you get like different states or different little. Uh, go through different epochs of capitalism, have different material factors that change, you know, what the means of subsistence are, what those cost, yeah. you know, I mean, you talk about like, well, people in Cuba only get paid like $2 a day. Well, shit, $2 a day in Cuba is <laughs> like the same as making $400,000 <laughs> like, say the United if, you, States. if all of your basic needs are taken care of, all your it's... basic needs are taken care of, that's spending money for like fixing up your 1950s 50s car because no one will let a car in there oh. and going and buy ice cream for 10 cents a pop because yeah. they fucking oh. love Ice oh, cream. They love ice
0: cream, so you know, ice cream. I mean,
1: and that, that's all it is. I mean, so, you know, you, you have to look at those material conditions, but that, that, that's socially very capital. Let's say capitalism versus capitalism, you know, $100 in the United States is not the same as, you know, $100 in Chad. No. Right? No. I mean, I micro mean, even micro even more, $100 in Missouri is not the same as $100 in California. No. Oh, God. Look at the prices, house prices in, you know, Seattle and San Francisco oh. versus St. Louis. Yep. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, getting so, ready
0: to go. By the way, getting ready to go to Seattle uh, here in a couple in a couple oh, months. Okay. Uh, I, I I fully intend to go poop on uh, Jeff Bezos' doorstep. That so just fantastic. Just, I'm gonna I I it's gonna, I'm yes. gonna find a way. I don't know how I'm gonna do yes. it. I will have poop, my wife and child with me, but I'm, I'm going to on a drone as it goes in the air, so it can fling the whole. I, I, I don't the whole
1: I, I don't know no, how. Don't do that because the workers don't deserve that. No just, no no no. Just no, no, Bezos. No, no. Just Bezos. Just, just, just Jeff. But on a drone, sitting on his porch, and then fly it. That's the goal. Yeah, there we go. That's the goal. Uh, so anyway, uh, but that's that's chapter twenty. That is wages. That's we got it. We got it. We got done with wages, and uh, so. You guys just just forewarned for the next episode. Uh welcome to the Tarantino. Yes, this uh, is where we've Tarantino did <laughs> it. This is where we The tarantino'd. things we're about to talk about in the future happened in the past. It's back to the future, yes. but for capital. So we'll be back understandably in chapter 23. Uh, meanwhile, me and Nathan physically behind the curtain will be back for chapter 25. Yes. You guys have fun. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.